Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Traveling with Jarvis. Um, I just want to first say that I've gotten a lot of great feedback from a lot of you guys about this podcast. I really appreciate it. I didn't know how it was going to be perceived, but a lot of you guys are really interested and uh, I can't wait to share with you uh, some of my experiences and stories and um about what I've learned over the couple of, couple of years of traveling, not only solo, but through study abroad and through uh, traveling with friends and family. Uh, a lot of, I just want to address this. A lot of people got the mis, uh, uh, perception that I'm only going to be talking about internationally traveling, but international traveling, but I'm also going to be talking about domestic traveling. So... It goes hand in hand. It's still traveling uh, to a different or new place that you've never been before. Um, and we all can learn something from that. Uh, this story is, this episode is basically going to be just me. So I've gotten great feedback from you guys. And a lot of you guys actually sent me like a bunch of questions uh, through my email. So I'm going to... Uh, try and answer some of those questions and give some insight. If you want to ask me a question um, or anything like that, you can email me at travelingwithjarvis at gmail.com. So I'm very active on it. I check it often. Any question, um, no matter what, uh, is a good question. So, And it's something that somebody else probably have been thinking about but just didn't want to ask. So the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have a couple of guests on. I'm I'm in the works for a couple of great guests. So hopefully you guys are excited as I am to um, hear their perspectives of traveling. So I'm really, really excited about that. And I can't wait to get this podcast started. So this is my first podcast and this is the first official episode. So I'm just going to basically like answer questions that you guys sent to me. Um, so let's get started. So the first question uh, that I received was, when did you first start traveling solo and how has it changed your life? Well, I believe that I start I first started traveling solo after college because all through college really... I've, like I said, I've studied abroad four times. So I knew once I graduated, I wanted to continue on with that track. I can't remember the first time, like, I really traveled solo, but my first, like, real memory was probably, I want to say, like, three or four years ago. And uh, I went to Ecuador. So I booked a random trip to Ecuador. And the reason why I booked it is because it was, like, a cheap flight there, honestly. So I was just searching. I was like, okay, I'm eager to travel. I've saved up a little bit of money. Let me see, like, what countries. And basically, I just went to googleflights.com. And I just did, like, a search of all these different countries. I knew I wanted to travel internationally. So I just looked at all these different countries that I can visit. And... Ecuador had a great deal, so that's why I booked it. 
it was like literally a round trip for like $250. And I was like, I cannot, literally, I can't, I couldn't even, I couldn't even let this pass. So I had to book it and then figure everything out later. Usually when I do travel solo, I have like a little process that I do. So I look for the country and then I start to do a little bit of research on it. So I might buy a book on it. I might um, do like a Google Google search, just looking at like seeing if anyone else like traveled to this country. Well, usually 99%, like there have been other travelers that traveled there and other travelers that shared their experiences online and what they've encountered. So you can kind of get a feel for it. Uh, the cool thing about Ecuador is I actually stayed with the host family. So actually looked it up online and I stayed with the host family on a website. I think it was called hotpads.com. And you can you can tell that my parents weren't too excited about that. They were like very, very scared for me um, going to like this random person's house. Um, but it all worked out. You see, I'm still here, still alive and living. Uh, it was cool about what's cool about Ecuador is the people are so nice. So obviously when you go online, you hear these horror stories about beggars, homeless people, uh, pickpocketers. You will find that in every country. So I wouldn't have I wouldn't let that deter you. So even in the United States right here, you go to New York, any of the big cities, New York, um, Miami, Texas, Dallas, anything like any of the big country, any of the big cities, even right here in little Connecticut, you will find people that will try and like calm you people that will beg you for money and things, homeless people. So I will definitely say, do not let that deter you from, um, your dreams of traveling domestically or internationally. Don't let that be a factor and why you don't do it. I think also with it, with, I think also with the Ecuador experience, I, I had to get in a mindset and I had to just put myself out there and, and go outside my comfort zone. I basically had to like give myself a pep, pep talk. Telling myself that, yes, I'm not the only one that has traveled solo. People, millions and millions of people travel solo all the time. You're not the first one. So why don't you just give it a try? And I think that's when I really, when it really clicked that, that this could be like a good experience for me. And then I started to embrace it. Like, okay, I'm not the only one that has traveled abroad. I'm not the only one that's traveled internationally. I'm not the only one that has solo traveled. So if they all can do it, I can do it as well. So it was just kind of like a pep talk that I gave myself. I think that traveling solo has changed me in a lot of ways. Um, I've become more stronger and confident. So I'm able to do things that I wouldn't necessarily normally do. Um, and then I feel like it'll, it, I feel like I can do anything. Because, like, I'm able to travel solo. Like, anything. So, which are, which is really good. Uh, the next question is, what are some benefits of traveling solo versus traveling with others? So, for me, another thing 
I love meeting new people. I love helping people out. I was always the type of person that volunteered um, at like soup kitchens and volunteered within my community. So some benefits of solo traveling is just meeting new people, meeting locals, meeting other travelers. So like getting their experiences. Also being able to wake up on your own, plan your own day excursions and tours without having to like consult another party or consult your friend or family member or whoever you're traveling with. And I think that leads to like a lot of fights with people when they start to travel with others and they don't have like that solid relationship because when you travel with other others and you get into arguments, it could like have like a negative effect on like your overall experience when you're traveling, whatever, wherever you're traveling to. So I would say the best part of being of solo traveling, I don't have to like tell anyone or tell anyone what I'm going to do or where I'm going to go or how long I'm going to be or like I can plan my trip the way that I want to plan it. And I love that feeling. So a lot of times when I travel abroad, I'm like a history person. So I'm not necessarily a history person, but I love to like learn about different history of different countries. So when I usually travel abroad, it's to visit like the tourist sites or like buildings or architectures or museums. So you basically can do whatever you want or whatever you're interested in. Some people might just want to go to a country just to like relax and go to the beach. Other people like myself, I want to go to a different country. I want to learn about your history. I want to learn about the architecture, the government, like the people, the culture, different food that you guys are accustomed to, your way of life. Like I want to learn all of those things so that I can become a better person um, and overall just uh, be immersed in, uh, in, in your society. Uh, it also gives me like the flexibility of making my own decisions instead of like addressing the group. And I just love that overall of being independent when I'm traveling solo versus with others. So, uh, solo traveling can be daunting. How can first-time travelers get confident quickly? I would say, like, one of the main things that you can do is block all the negativity. Like, on the news nowadays, there's basically negative news, like all the time, bad news. I would say block all the negativity. Like, I had a friend recently who who wanted to go to, I forgot what country it is, wanted to go to a country, but they had like a bombing. So they were scared. I'm like, or I guess the, the country had like a big protest where all of the residents were, all of the, um, uh, people there were protesting against something or the government or whatever, or political rally or whatever. And I was like, don't let that deter you. Like, that's just one scope of it. Um, I just recently came from South Africa and you heard in the news a couple of years ago that 
South Africa had like a, a huge drought where they're not going to have any water and things of that nature. When we went there, the locals said that it was over-exaggerated to the world. That they were never going to, well, even if they did run out of water, they were never going to let it happen because tourism is such a big part of South Africa. So the government was ready to ship in like millions and millions of bottles of water or ship water from other big cities such as Johannesburg to Cape Town in order to make sure that it wasn't the tourists, tourist, which makes up a big of their um, finances, doesn't, um, isn't impacted because of it. So like little things like that. I would say definitely keep it in the back of your head when you hear those negative stories, but don't let that deter you from traveling and don't let that have like a big impact on why you why you're going to travel so yeah so stop watching those negative crime shows and stories or the news about like the negative things that are happening online or the negative things that are happening in the country because that's just like a small aspect of uh small aspect of what that country is about you hear things all the time right here in the U.S. And you're still going to go to New York. You're still going to go to Boston. So I will also say for first-time travelers, I would say try and find like a, a local person or a guy that you can talk to. And when I travel solo, one of the ways that I do this is uh, I always book a free tour. Most countries have like free tours. So I always book a free tour. And usually that free tour company will have like other tours that they also offer. Um, some might be paid. Some others might be free still. So that's what I usually do. When I go to a country, I usually also, I usually always take like a free tour that usually gives me like a broad uh, spectrum of like the country itself and um, like a broad overview about the country itself. Um, it also allows me to uh, get ideas on what I want to see and do, uh, meet new people, um, uh, and also just like like see the city in a different light. So I would say definitely like try and find a local person you can also find these local people at like hostels so in ecuador although i stayed with the host i'm gonna tell you a little bit about my trip in ecuador when i stayed with the host she actually had like resources for tours that i can do and she actually had i was the the same tours that i had already booked before i got to ecuador she already had resources where she knew other tour people that that had uh that were running the same tours and the good thing about that being a local the tours that she suggested that i do was the same ones i had already paid for but also they were a lot cheaper so i end up like canceling all of the tours that i booked prior to going to ecuador because she had a contact for all of those same tours at like half price 
So I end up saving a little bit of money because, like, I stayed with the local. Okay, I know I'm going to stop the questions really quick because I want to share, like, a couple of things, which was, like, funny with my trip with my trip to Ecuador. Uh, I went to Quito, which is the capital of Ecuador, and when I stayed with the host and everything, I communicated with her through the WhatsApp app. Uh, so she, so I knew she speak, spoke a little bit of English. She also told me that um, she used to live in Florida for a while and she taught uh, Spanish and English in high school in Florida. Uh, but she moved back to Ecuador because her mom was sick or whatever. So that's why she was like in Ecuador and like she would just host people in her home. So... So when I first arrived in Ecuador, so this is like, I think this is like my first time, one of the few times that I traveled to like a country where the primary language is in English. So, you know, mostly people speak Spanish. So I was a little bit nervous at first or whatever, which is, which is fun being nervous and uh, having those butterflies. But when I got off the plane and I went through like customs and everything, I grabbed my bags. So you know how you have people holding signs up waiting for you at the airport. So I was looking for my sign because she said that her husband was going to come pick me up. And it was like midnight. It was like midnight or one in the morning. I had got there like really, really early in the morning. So I'm looking. I don't see any signs. So I'm waiting like five, ten minutes. I'm getting a little bit nervous. I'm like, okay, I'm in this country and I don't even have service to contact her uh, because I had like my phone just wasn't working or whatever. Where I didn't have like a good uh, international plan. So I couldn't contact her. So I'm like trying to like find Wi-Fi. I'm going to information to see if I can like get like some free Wi-Fi or even pay for Wi-Fi so I can contact her. And then I turn around and I see this guy like running in with the sign, like looking frantically. So I'm like, could this be it? So I go up to him and... I look at the sign he holding and it says my name. <laughs> Funny enough, it says my name. Um, he was like, oh, he was like, he was running a little bit late or whatever. He's sorry or whatever. So that like basically gave me like a sign of relief because I was like, oh, okay. I'm not alone in this country by myself. <laughs> so. But I can tell you this, the ride from the airport to his house was very, very awkward. The reason being is because he didn't speak any English. And so here I am with my phone. I'm trying to like Google Translate some stuff. I had already downloaded the Google Translate app because you could download it offline. So I'm trying to like, I'm like having, listening to his conversation but I'm like talking into my phone in English so that it can spit out in Spanish. But every time he answered in Spanish, I didn't understand a word he said, which was funny. But uh, I guess it made it less awkward for him, at least, that I was asking questions or whatever. But um, yeah, that was like one of my one of my experiences in Ecuador. I will say this, they're very uh, hospitable. Like, I had an amazing experience. Like, like I call her my Ecuadorian mother. Every morning she woke me up, because I had an excursion 
every day. I kept myself busy. I was never in her house for long. The only time I came to her house was to come and basically sleep. So I basically would sleep, wake up, go to my excursion every single day. Like I had some stuff planned every single day on my trip. But every morning she would wake me up at like 5.30, 6 in the morning with a huge breakfast, like a huge, I don't know if it was like custom or if like she was just doing it for me, but she gave me eggs, scrambled eggs with, with some type of meat, either ham or sausage or bacon. She gave me toast. She gave me yogurt with some type of like uh, granola or fruit on the side, like a banana. Uh, she gave me fresh, fresh squeezed juice. She gave me cereal with milk. And I had got hot tea every single morning. I was definitely, it was, it was, I was definitely grateful because every morning I was filled. I was full. And it got me through the day at least until lunchtime. Okay, so back to the questions. How can people deal with loneliness uh, such as like eating alone and things of that nature. I will tell you this. It was awkward for me. Even on my trip for Ecuador, I was on the, I did the excursion. So I didn't necessarily eat alone because most of the time I was with like a group of people. So I would eat with them, obviously. But for dinner, I think it was like really awkward. I think I like went to like a couple of bars every night and had like a drink and just sat at the bar, maybe watch TV, maybe just people watched. And at first it was awkward, but I mean, you get a chance to like know yourself and you get to like self-reflect and just like take it all in and enjoy your time there. Um, I think a lot of people can deal with loneliness by, like, staying in hostels. Uh, They're more sociable, and uh, they have, like, like like-minded individuals that stay in those hostels. So, so that'd be, like, great to, like, meet new people and then, you know, have, like, lunch and dinner. I think, I think when I, uh, when I was in Ecuador, actually, one of the, one of the excursions, like most of the excursions came out of this one hostel. And although I didn't stay at the hostel, I stayed at a house. I actually went there a couple of nights and they had like movie night and they had like pasta night and they had game night. And I would participate with the people. They were very like open and friendly and like sharing like where they where they come from and and things of that nature. Okay, so I've gotten this question a lot. Um, What measure can solo travelers implement to stay safe? Uh, The key is to just be smart. Just be smart. Do your research about the country. Um, I would say do your research about the country. I would say pack light. Don't bring any, like, huge valuables or nice clothes or you know your name brand sneakers or new stuff like that that people will like kind of give you like a side eye and like want to like follow you around um i will also say make sure you have like the phone number to um the place that you're staying at or in the address like make sure you have like a contact person 
at the place that you're staying at and an address to the place that you're staying at um, in case like you ever need it or had to like get a, uh, a taxi and have to go back. I think back to my Ecuador experience, since I stayed with a a host family and I stayed with just like with the re- regular family, she was like a mother, mother, like she, if I wasn't in the house by nine o'clock, she was blowing up my phone like, Jarvie, where are you? Where are you? Are you okay? You want me to send my husband to come pick you up? Are you okay? I want to make sure you're all right. Like she was literally on it. Like if I want to like stay, I think one night I had stayed out at the bar because I had like met some people and like we were just like watching like a soccer game, I guess. And I was just drinking, having a good time. And I wasn't in by 9.30. She was like blowing up my phone. And at first when I wasn't picking up, she was like, she kept on calling, calling, calling. And I was like, who is calling my phone this much? And it just so happened to be her. And she was like, do you want me, me to send you, send my husband to come pick you up? And I was like, no, 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 I'm okay. And actually, that was like one of the first nights that I walked from like the city center back to her house, which was like a 15, 20 minute walk at night at like 11, 12 at night. And I don't know. I just felt like, energized and I felt like welcoming and I felt like you just have to be smart about things especially like traveling at night as well like I was a little bit familiar with not familiar with the area but I was a little bit comfortable with the area I would say so I kind of like just walked alone no one bothered me if I saw like a bunch of people on one side of the street I just like crossed the street or things of that nature so i would say definitely like be smart like make sure like the whole money thing make sure i don't know some people get like a money a money bag or they get like a um a a money holder that you can wear on your neck and put inside your shirt i mean those all those type of things work or make sure i don't usually carry a lot of cash on me when i travel i usually try and use my card for everything so Just be smart about things, guys. Uh, I got another question. How can you look confident without actually feeling it? Feeling it. I would say just, like, smile. Enjoy yourself. Uh, Tell yourself that you're strong, independent. Like, walk with your head up. Have fun. Like, you're traveling internationally. It doesn't have to be... A bad thing. Have fun. Enjoy your time. Say hi to people. Wave. Like just walk up to somebody and have a conversation with them. Uh, what are your favorite destinations or favorite cities? So I love Europe. Like Europe is like one of my favorite destinations. Uh, But my favorite cities, I would have to say, is like a tie between Athens and Rome. Both cities have so much history. And I was just amazed by the architecture, the buildings, like everything. Like I was just probably my my favorite. And I always compare the two because they're very similar. So, yeah, I would definitely say if you haven't been, Athens and Rome should definitely go on your list. I would say Rome 
only for the fact that I love the food in Italy. <laughs> so I think it would it ones up Athens a little bit. I wasn't a big fan of Greek food. So So I got a lot of questions about women traveling alone and precautions they should take and things of that nature. But I'm not going to address any questions about female solo traveling just yet uh, because I don't I, I don't have any experience with it. And I'm also going to have somebody on the podcast a little bit later come in and share some of their experiences because they've traveled uh, internationally before as a female traveler, female solo traveler. So I'm not going to answer any questions about that because I'm trying to get someone on uh, to share their experience and give you a little bit better insight uh, than I could. Okay, so what are your key lessons learned from traveling the world? I would say my biggest thing is that people love to help. I would say if... If you need help, just go up to somebody and ask. Like, they're always... People... I think um, you get in this mindset where you see stuff online and you see stuff on TV and you think, oh my gosh, everyone in this country is like this way. But people are actually really nice around the world. Nicer than you think. So, I would definitely say ask for help. Talk to everyone as much as you can. Uh, don't be afraid. Uh, there are some nice, generous people out here, and it's a huge world. So, keep, so just, just keep, keep traveling and keep, keep meeting new people. So, I got a questions about like food and how adventurous I am and traveling new dishes and things of that nature. I would say I'm okay when it comes to being adventurous. So I will try some things once, but make sure like you know what you're eating and and if you have a food allergy. So I have a shellfish food allergy and my biggest thing when I went to like Japan and like countries that primarily uh eat seafood, like I made sure like I had to carry my EpiPen because I don't know what like what they're cooking, what they're mixing, you know, utensils with and things of that nature. So I would say I love food. I love trying new things. But if you're going to like a different country that uh, has like a different language and you can't like read the menu, I would say just be very cautious about like what your actual allergies are. And for most people that could deter you if you have like a severe allergy or like like an allergy that's used in a lot of foods. So I would say just like be smart about it and know what you can and can't eat and and all of that. But it's wonderful to try different foods around the world and, and see how people like cook and, and and the type of things that they eat. I wanna say in Ecuador I did there I did try guinea pig. That's like their, I think that's like their food of choice or what their, 
uh, what most people eat. And I tried it two different ways. I tried it roasted and fried. And they were both delicious. It tastes just like chicken. It was, like, so good. Um, I know a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, you, how can you? Because a lot of people there have, like, guinea pigs as pets, but they also eat guinea pigs. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like people look at, like, I was looking at them where, like, oh, you have, I don't know. It, it was it was a weird thing to have guinea pigs out out on the farm or out outside but then eating it as well but i guess that's just that's just the culture of things and but yeah it was good it was very good uh one thing i want to mention is if you're having difficulty finding tours you can go to viatour.com uh and they have tours for like any country you're going to really they have tours set up some tours are big some tours are small you can kind of like read it and see if it's like individualized if like you're going to be like one of three people or if it's going to be like a medium-sized group where it's like eight to ten people or a bigger size group close to 20 people but you can find those tours for any city that you're going to or any country at viator v-i-a-t-o-r.com and that's where i did most of my booking at for uh, the cities that I visited around the world. So I got um, a question about like future travel plans. So this year, my goal was to visit a new city every month. It hasn't necessarily worked that out that way. I'm gonna try and do like a new city every other month, but. I still don't know if that's going to work out that way, honestly. (laughs) So my plans this year, I just came back. I did like a huge trip uh, to South Africa, which I'm having my friend come on uh, in the next couple of weeks uh, so we can like discuss our trip to South Africa. And so that was my big trip that I did like in January, February. I'm planning to go to Seattle, Washington this year, and I'm also planning to go to uh, Houston, Texas. Houston or Dallas, I haven't decided yet. I'm still doing like a little research on like what I want to do in each city, but I think Houston has the leg up right now. Uh, so if you have any ideas about that trip or if you have you been to those cities before, uh, email me at travelingwithjarvis at gmail.com and let me know what you think. Uh, internationally, I'm probably going to do like one or two more international trips this year. I'm going to try and squeeze them in. So yeah, so I have a couple of international trips in the work that I'm trying to do before the end of the year. Uh, one of them being uh, going to Dublin, Ireland and doing like uh, Ireland, Copenhagen, and probably like a Budapest trip. I've been trying to like do it for like a while now. I'm just like trying to figure out like my timing for work, PTO, things of that nature. And also I have, I'm trying to do like another Groupon international trip to China. It's like a 12 day China trip through Groupon that I saw recently that me and my friend, uh, was interested in 
so yeah, so a lot of good things coming up this year. Uh, definitely keep watching and keep looking out, and definitely send me questions at tra- to traveling with Jarvis at gmail.com. Uh, it was great. It was great recording my first podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I have. And I'll see you guys next week.